Gresham College presents Middle Class Recruits to Communism in the 1930s Questions and Answers Chaired by Sir Roderick Flood Thank you very much both to Kevin and Jeff. We now have about uh, 10 minutes I think if we're going to keep to time for any questions and discussion and comments so um, who would like to begin? No questions? Yes, over there. Um, We've got a microphone, um, at least I hope we've got a microphone. Um, no, it, we need it for the um, recording, I'm afraid. I should have mentioned, in case people don't know, that Gresham's tradition of um, free public lectures has been transformed in the past ten years or so, five years or so, by um, uh, putting all the lectures onto the web. and. Um, uh, last year, two million people down round, round the world downloaded the lectures, so we very much hope that a few hundred thousand will download this seminar. But um, over to you. Yeah, just talking about motivations for people joining the Communist Party um, in the 30 middle class recruits. Um, and, and it references me to other alternatives they could have got involved with on the left. But I'm just thinking about things like the British Union of Fascists and uh, people who were interested in that as an anti-establishment, anti-capitalist or anti-democratic uh, movement and whether there was any kind of blurring of, uh, of, of lines between communist recruits and, fa and basically fascists, people moving between because of dissatisfaction with one and therefore joining the other, if there's any evidence for this kind of movement. Thank you. Shall we just take one more question and then I'll ask um, Jeff and, um, and uh, Kevin to comment. Yes, over there. Thank you. Kevin, do you want to comment? You'd better come up here, I'm afraid. Just, just on the first question, in terms of attraction to fascism, um, I mean, you come across that a lot in the literature on other European Communist parties, particularly in Germany, where, I, I mean, I don't know in terms of the rights and wrongs of the debates, but it's often suggested that there is a crossover between people are drawn towards communists and then they may be drawn towards the Nazis um, or vice versa. The biographical projects we did where we looked at a lot of people, we found hardly any evidence of that. In other words, that the sense of left and right were much stronger in this country and that there were one or two cases in South Wales, for example, where you could find people who were communists who turned up again in the, in the British Union of Fascists but very, very few. And actually, where there was more of a crossover was really with the ILP and the Labour Party, where there were some numbers in the early 30s, which you'll know about, that make quite a significant strand there. But we didn't find it. If it was there, we didn't come across those people. Um, and just in terms of, um, uh, in terms of looking at uh, women middle-class recruits in the Communist Party, I mean, we, because we interviewed men and women, so we tried to in in include that gender... Uh, dimension what we looked at. The person who's looked at it mo most specifically is Sue Bruley, who writes from a sort of feminist perspective, and she did 
um, and interview, and she has written various things on women in the Communist Party um, in the in the interwar period. Unfortunately, from the point of view of the question you're answering, most of her focus was really on the older industrial Britain and women in the coal fields, women in the textile districts and so on, and less so on middle-class recruitments. But she has done piece, uh, one very good essay on popular front recruits and how they, how they, how, I mean, you did get a gender division of politics, there's no doubt about it. They were, there was a sense that women should get involved in peace campaigns and use quite a sort of maternalist type of rhetoric and so on. But Sue Bruley is the person who's done that research. Can you have your um, um, I want to raise a question at the moment because it amounts to a seminar and reading. But it comes from a book called The Lost World of uh, British Commonwealth. Yes. Uh, Rattle, uh, yes. 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 Uh, I think it would be too indulgent uh, now, too long um, to put it uh, now. But I will um, show it to anyone in uh, the after time credits. Thank you. Any other points? Yes, at the back there. Um, just to point out uh, communists at that period joining um, other organisations, it also, of course, worked the other way. I mean, my father was a member of the ILP and the Labour Party was apparently, according to him, offered a safe Labour seat, but became increasingly disillusioned with the Labour Party and saw the light on the road to Damascus, as he puts it, and joined the Communist Party, which meant he never got elected anywhere, though he stood many times. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Any other points? Yes, another question from over here. And then there are two over there, I think. Yeah, just to come back really on the question uh, from the woman at the back about women in the, uh, or women's groups within the party. My own research is on Clara Zetkin's influence in British politics, and I'm just coming up to this kind of period in my research. Uh, but what I'm finding is that there wasn't really much uh, communist involvement in organising women's sections in the 20s and 30s. There was no real interest. And I think rather than that showing a unity or a, or a coming together of genders, it, 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 it kind of seems to have carried on divisions of genders. So the women who were involved in the party were women who would be involved in, in, in organisations outside the party too at that time, and it wasn't really helping to bring women in uh, because of the fact that they were so neglectful, if you like, or, or reluctant to engage in this idea of, of specifically women, women's organisations and recruitment of women into the party. Did you have a question? Yes. I was only wondering about the, the Irish dimension in the uh, communist recruitment. My father was a medical student from working class background in the 19, early 1930s in Belfast, talked about uh, you know, the risks of, of ending up in prison because of his left-wing views. Uh, it didn't last very long. But I just wonder whether there's any much info about the Irish dimension. Kevin, do you have any thoughts uh, on that? Well, just very briefly, just on a couple of those points. I mean, one is simply that, um, again, we looked at we looked at you know many people who joined the Communist Party in this period, and that v 
And actually, I've made the point that none or very few came from fascist backgrounds. Lots came from labour movement backgrounds. They either moved through the Labour Party and the ILP, or very often it was their parents or there were other intergenerational influences that had been active. So that was very, that was really where the uh, uh, significant numbers, that was the most common source of recruitment to the Communist Party. In respect of... Um, the Irish element, the paradox in a way, because Ireland had a very weak communist movement, and yet the Irish in Britain did provide a, a significant source of recruitment in, in certain areas. So it's seen for, for whatever reasons within Ireland itself, you know, I think, I think it's right that more people from Ireland fought with Franco than fought with the international brigades. It was a very um, hostile political climate. But in places like, for example, in, in, in Manchester, there was a big Irish component within the Communist Party, and you can trace that through things like the Connolly Association. There's a significant presence there. So it's a paradox in a way, but it is definitely there. Any other points at this stage? Uh, yes, one more down here, and then, then we'll have a break, I think. It's just a small point about um, a friend of mine who was radicalised during the Second World War, as you referred to, um, having gone in as a sort of not very political young Conservative, uh, was stationed on the Burmese border of India, saw so famine in Calcutta, uh, and people's treatment of that, the richer people's treatment of that, and came back and joined up as communist. Mm. Which he still is. <laughs> OK, um, I'm going to keep to the timing, and we'll now have a break until 4.30, uh, after which we'll have a series of contributions on um, individuals, uh, mostly but not always family members, um, and um, then have opportunity for small group discussion. So if we can um, break for 16 minutes and come back at 4.30, please. For all information, please go to gresham.ac.uk.